In this podcast, Pamela Barty, a Forbes 30 under 30 entrepreneur and developer of a $100 million real estate empire, will share her inspiring underdog comeback story. And along with those of her guests, she'll share how you too, as an underdog, can rise up and succeed against all odds. Here's your host, Pamela Barty. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Underdog. Today, I have an outstanding, absolutely high vibrational, incredible Sensei Victoria. Sensei Victoria, how are you? I'm so good. I'm so excited to get to connect and to share and just raise the vibe even higher. (laughs) Your energy is so out of this world and I love it so, so much. I can't wait to get into your story and how you got to where you got to today. And it's so incredible. I can't wait for you guys to hear all about it. But my first opening question to you, my friend, is what led you on your journey to really where you are today? Oh my goddess. I was not supposed to be here. I mean, day one, uh, as my mom was giving birth to me, they actually tried to abort me in the op- in her C-section. She's like, taking out too much. So technically, I'm really not even supposed to be here. But I come from a family of entrepreneurs, people who are passionate, who live with purpose, right? Both my parents, one, one is white, one is black. And here in America, that's like, what in the world are the two of you doing together? So like, they're both super passionate individuals like raised me on think and grow rich by napoleon hill like anything the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve like believe in yourself victoria or that was the message of my parents and they've always had side hustles they've like one was a lot more so than the other always had something going on and for me personally i'm the type of personality believe it or not that tends to be an equalizer and a little bit more low-key because I got two parents that like would shout and throw things and make love and all kinds of big energy like what so I'm more of a like fly under the radar type Mm -hmm. and how that started manifesting for me however is this people pleaser thing of like trying to make sure everybody else is all right and because everybody else is all right that's my cue to then I'm okay. All right. Like I, my anxiety or my feelings don't matter as long as everybody else is all right. And that's how I would manage being in such like a whoo, like a big energy, artistic, creative, alternative kind of lifestyle and households where I was coming up. And I thought I was just going to be a teacher. I thought like I got my TEFL certification. I was going to like go to Turkey and teach English in Turkey after graduating from Rutgers University. That was what I thought. I was going to be doing no way in heck I think that I was going to be like a a professional energy healer or talk about all this meditation stuff. It was turning point in my life that literally knocked some sense into me or knocked me out of that trajectory of just being a regular teacher but instead becoming a sensei yeah Mm, you go girl okay before we ask about how you became a sensei okay like what did you want to be when you grew up as a kid what did you want to be 
Oh, yeah. So I always wanted to be a teacher. And I don't know if that honestly, let's let's be real. It may have been coming from the people pleaser. Like as a little kid, I knew the way that you control the environment is you make other people happy. So my teacher, my English teacher was the one who asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up? So I was like, oh, I'm going to say a teacher. And she felt all good. And I felt all good. Like good student, good Victoria. Yay. But at the same time, though, I really grew into loving words, loving philosophy, loving expression. And for me, that's like what I had always aspired to and, and respected was like knowledge, people who were professors and that kind of an authority I really respected and valued. And so that was originally what I was going for was being a teacher, especially in the language arts. Now the word sensei, by the way, means teacher in Japanese. So technically I kind of am, like I kind of realized that that childhood vision mm -hmm. is just the way that I came to it was is completely different. Instead of working with language and expression necessarily for me now, it, it shifted over to energy, presence, and mindset for people. And that came from traumatic event I had at the workplace, which knocked me completely onto another course in life. Oh my God, you go girl. Yeah. Cause it's always funny how like what you want to be when you grow up always ties into wherever the person is now. Every interview that I do, it's so fascinating. Some way, somehow like that childhood dream manifests and it's wild. Now we got to learn all about how did you become a sensei? Like what, how did that all come together? Oh my gosh, I was I was not supposed to do this, but here's what happened. So what happened was I, coming from that passionate family, you know, we are hard workers and you, you work with passion, you live with passion is how I was raised. So I would give my all whenever I would go into workplaces. In fact, I'm a bit of a workaholic. So for me, yep, both hands in the air right here. I put my foot up too. <laughs> Guilty, same here. <laughs> And so I'm a workaholic and you pair that with that kind of fly under the radar thing that I have going of putting myself last to make sure everybody else feels good so that I can. That was the mindset. And so when you pair those two together, work can become a really dangerous place. So when I graduated from Rutgers uh, with all my certifications to got to teach English as a foreign language and everything like that, it was the 2008, 2009 stock market crash. It was like complete, nobody's getting hired for anything. And so I started jumping in on different workplaces that were frankly toxic toxic workplaces like bosses that scream and throw stuff at the wall or do shysty stuff that they're like yeah don't tell anybody we're gonna move this into my basement kind of thing and so it's like i just let me get the heck out of here and so i finally just took some time off i don't care where i work as long as i work with people who are not going to be abusive of me right because i'm uh, sure i want money but i don't like and i'm a hard worker but I don't want to be in an abusive environment. And so I found a place that finally there was good people. It was a nonprofit. They're doing positive things in the community, which is amazing. And so the workplace became safer 
But I come into the workplace with this toxic mindset of I got to do everything. I got to make sure everybody's all right. I got to take care of everything. I can't ask for help. That's a sign of weakness. And so I'm saying all this because this is building. This yeah. is building towards one hot day in particular. Jersey hot is like sweaty, like humid, hot things like the wall sticking kind of hot. One of those kind of New Jersey uh, hot days. And so I wanted to open a window. I wanted to cool off a little bit. That's all I wanted. I had a window of opportunity, however, to ask for help opening these huge original Victorian windows, right? I had that window of opportunity. Could have passed on that. Nope. I had a window of opportunity to call the maintenance guy. I'd be like, hey, Jimmy, who I love. He's amazing. Armenian guy. Like, come right by and like give him a cold brew, open the window, and just passed on that opportunity. I also had a window of opportunity to turn two feet like maybe even less than two feet to the right and turn the air conditioner on. Didn't take that window of opportunity. I wanted to open the window. Anything the mind can conceive and believe it can achieve, right? Napoleon Hill, I'm quoting. That's a direct quote. Here comes my toxic can-do attitude, right? Flying under the radar, putting myself last, making sure everybody else is good, and then trying to figure it out by myself. Jiggled it a little bit. Here we go. Wham! The about... 20 to 30 pound panes of glass. My fingers are wedged between the two of them. And I'm alone in the building because I'm the person who holds it down. Like everyone was out. Didn't take the opportunity to ask for help. I didn't know that the weight on the window was gonna break that day, but okay, here we go. So down to the bone wedged. And I, by the way, like I work with my hands, right? Typing, you know, and you know, drive to work, etc. And without these glasses, I'm Mrs. Magoo. So I'm stuck in this window of opportunity. Now, wow coming up as an English teacher, like, I don't like irony. This is not cute. Like, this is extremely painful. And for a full seven minutes, I know because I got to sit by myself and watch the clock and try and cause myself to breathe, waiting for someone to come back and help me get out of the window. And so the founder of the nonprofit comes, Bob, and he's like, oh my God. And he's in his seventies. He has a hernia and he's like desperately like trying to knock on the window. He's shouting, trying to get me free. And this is the turning point for me. In that moment, they studies have shown, by the way, that when you go through certain kinds of trauma, you can uh, have what's called a gamma reaction in your brain. Gamma is when a brain wave is, is observed in the brain that is so high that you could do something that you really shouldn't. Like, it's like superhuman. Have you ever not heard of the mother that could lift a car off their kid? That kind of a thing. So when he was doing that, I had this lucid moment of, you know, if I don't ever come out of this window, I'll never get to see my nephew again. I really love him. I'm coming out of this. And that hit me like a bolt of lightning. I'm coming out of this was like this clear decision. And that was the decision that kind of cut my life open. So I literally ripped my hands out, looked at the bone, fainted, split my glasses on the way down on the edge of like the, the table. So not only can I not use my hands, but now I'm like legally blind and got out of the window. Okay. So this is like a traumatic event. I am now officially working myself into the hospital, right? And 
So in that moment, all of a sudden, I heard Bob's voice, the, the founder, like after a while, he started talking me through different breathing exercises. He at that nonprofit would teach meditation all the time. So he started talking me through that. He's like, I'm calling the ambulance, put your feet on the floor, breathe deeply, et cetera. And I started going into shock. What was beautiful though, that at my most vulnerable moment, I was so terrified of going to the hospital, by the way, because that's expensive here in the US. It is very freaking expensive to go to the hospital, the ambulance, da, 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 all of that. What was amazing is that without me as without me even being able to say a word, people come running to help, literally running. Oh my God, I'm gonna feel, I'm gonna start, start to cry. But literally running up and saying, is she all right, what happened? How much money does she need? Does she need money? How much money does she need? Like, who the hell runs up and asks, how much money do you need when someone gets hurt? And the literally people from all over the campus started running up and talking about, I'm gonna give a thousand, I'll give a hundred, whatever she needs. She had better not have to pay for that. What happened, blah, 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 blah. The whole day. Like the reason why I was so motivated to put myself last at work was so I could make a dollar, right? To make the money. But who would have thought that working myself into the hospital, the one message I'm getting in surround sound is we're going to take care of you. Like this is not about putting yourself last, right? You need money. Are you kidding me? Victoria, you have access to the sum total of all of the bank accounts of everybody that you've ever seen of, heard of, touched, speak to, or they even thought of you as an idea, right? So getting that message for me was the knock over the head, literally, to start valuing myself, especially at work. Work was the place that I was guilty, workaholic, guilty of putting myself last. But that day, everyone running in together, they even did a capital campaign, raised over a quarter million dollars to overhaul the whole building so it would never happen to me or anybody ever again. Like there was so much more that opened because that experience broke the conversation, broke the community open to seeing what was wrong. And if I had the words to ask for help, that would have never happened. And so that was the experience that literally knocked me off to another train track. I was over here on these train tracks of like, let me you know, be an English teacher or help out or that kind of, or let me work somewhere where I can help out or where I got knocked out to instead of educating professionals around how important you are, remembering that you matter and that your health and well-being is key to the organization. It's, it's not just like, there's this thing in me you know, forgive me if I'm going too far, but there's this thing in me personally, I found that being in the workplace, being a workaholic and seeing that as a badge of honor taught me how to not value myself. Mm -hmm. Dollars coming out, like the amount of money that I'm able to generate for me, for my family, et cetera. Whereas this experience knocked me into the awareness of, whoa, I'm so much more valuable as a person outside of the or inside of the workplace and this is apparently a conversation that needs to be had on a larger scale the more i enter corporate different organizations that think talking about this i find more and more i'm not the only one who thought that i come last once everybody else is taken care of first even if that puts me in the hospital right and that's unfortunately the the reality 
across America. It's like this crazy hustle mentality. And like, I'm guilty of it too, because I've, I, that's how I was trained. Hustle, 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 work, work, work. Like do the, you know, like get your money up and then grind now so that you can live later, you know, kind of thing. And it's like, but where's that line? Where's that balance? That's the hard part in like trying to decipher. And that's like what I'm trying to incorporate into my life now, but it's so hard because when you're in that routine and that's what society's preaching, then how can you pull yourself out until you get to those moments? Unfortunately, thank you so much for sharing that. There's such beauty in that, that it's like so many people came together that you were like, wow, where do these people come from? The universe has got you. Yeah, a hundred percent. And I love that you said that in particular, Pamela, because it was a spiritual activation for me. Like mm -hmm. that's where the sensei stuff came from. I wanted to know more about what is this meditation stuff that Bob was doing, uh, like talk about breathing and all this stuff. I went to learn something called Reiki, which is a form of energy therapy and assisted meditation. And when you achieve a certain rank, think like a doctorate, but in you know, English terms, when you achieve a certain rank within the study of Reiki, it's called being a Reiki sensei or a Reiki teacher. And that's why I'm Sensei Victoria Whitfield is where it came from. It's my own healing journey, getting deeper and deeper into learning to value myself, learning about the universe. And that really taught me to have a sense of self-worth is really tapping into what's really going on right? With the fact that there is a universe around us that cares, that provides, and that we're all part of that. Absolutely. And bringing that consciousness, not just from like a personal healing journey, but into the business world is like the mission that I would have to say that I'm on. Because just like you were saying, that hustle and grind mentality that we're rewarded for, that we're taught is the way to do it is actually what's killing us and killing our own concept of our own value as human beings. You know, I never got to meet my maternal grandfather because he was about that hustle. And so he dropped dead at work at 52, 52 years old, no, 51. He would have retired at 52. So he dropped dead at 51, would have retired at 52. He was all set to retire early was the issue okay but he was the top salesman at his lumber company like he was the regional leader was training all kinds of highly competitive right passionate i come from passionate people who want to be the best but dropped dead at work at 51 years old one year later would have retired ease with total ease but left his three girls orphaned they were young right so well, the oldest one i think was like just getting out of high school their mother had passed away of cancer before and so now his fortune because he was doing well was left to three orphan little girls you want to know what happened surviving family members came through and tried to scoop that up and steal it and say oh we'll take care of this for you right and my aunt as a young woman trying to hire lawyers and figure out who do i trust trauma upon trauma because my maternal grandfather didn't think to put his health and coming home to his daughters first but instead wanted to be the best wanted to be that huge success rather than having the impact 
right? And being there for the love and his family. It's not that he wasn't a loving person. They all, they only tell me the best about it. He was an amazing man, blah, blah, blah. But as a granddaughter, I'll never know that. I don't know what that's like. I don't know what it's like to have a maternal grandfather because the hustle took him from me. Mm. And that's another layer of like why I'm so motivated to be entering into organizations and companies having this kind of a conversation because I want you, I want everybody to be able to come home to the people that they love and make massive impact out in there, out, out in the world. Absolutely. But I want you to not drop dead at work or work yourself to death in order to feel like you were right because you know you hustled it out like you you can grind hard you can grind hard all the way to the hospital i've been there done that i have the scars literally to show you it's not worth it <laughs> right oh my god well thank you so much for sharing that there's just so much to it and it's like you know for a lot of people listening who are like what is energy like what is this that she's talking about like so what is it victoria if you could dive into it a little bit because i'm a little bit more spiritual spiritually advanced. So I, I don't think I can summarize it properly. <laughs> properly. I think it's still sound complicated. <laughs> I'll oh. leave it to you, Sensei. The floor is open to you. A hundred percent, sis. I got your back. It, this is a spiritual practice in and of itself, making these like things that we've come to understand in like a universal level. Like my uh, client, Jen would say, breaking it down Barney style. I love you. You love me. We're a great big family. That's it. Just break it down Barney style for me. So this, <laughs> so like energy to like, you know, a CEO or a highly motivated, like serial entrepreneur, et cetera. Like why the heck should they care about it? Well, if you care about taking massive action and getting big shit done, guess what you need <laughs> in order to make that happen? Energy. Energy is the force behind all action. So when we're talking about even higher and higher level stuff, like energy work, energy healing, energy management, like energetic leadership and energy vibrations, all such stuff, all that we're talking about is the force or the fuel behind that massive action that you want to take. So the example that I tend to give is like, all right, you are a Ferrari. You're a Ferrari, your body's looking good. You know, you got Tom Ford glasses, you know, big house, everything's fabulous, etc. Right, you're a Ferrari. You got like the sleek design, check out the branding and all of the blah, 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 blah. I'm, I'm a Ferrari, like I get it, I'm a Ferrari. And people look at me walking by me like, yeah, that looks good, that kind of a thing. Or you come rolling down, like I come rolling down the street, heads turn, okay? Okay, I'm a Ferrari. And what if my tank is empty? I'm going a hot load of nowhere. If my tank is empty, and on top of that, if you try to put like regular gasoline in a Ferrari, it's not gonna work the way that it's supposed to. And so we're Ferraris, right? As the CEO visionary of your company, as the serial entrepreneur, as the creator, like the, the master manifester that you are, make a big shift happen, taking massive action. If you don't have energy, it's like you're a Ferrari, but with an empty gas tank. 
Mm. You're going nowhere. So you, why do you want to know about this energy stuff is so that you have the fuel to make that shift happen, right? And so that's the way that I would explain what exactly is energy. It's the force behind, it's the fuel behind massive action. So for some people, they can feel it almost like, you know, your sense of smell. If someone's like making bacon or brownies or something like that, you could be talking and all of a sudden you just catch a whiff of that. Like, ooh, brownies, all right. Or or you're uh, out talking to somebody, you're walking by and all of a sudden, is that bacon? All of a sudden you just catch this whiff. Yep. So that's, that's what it's like having a sense of smell. But most people don't know is that we also have a sense for energy. The same way that you could pick up on like a waft of bacon or brownies cooking somewhere with your sense of smell as a normal regular human being we have not just five but six senses and the sixth sense is the one that can pick up on energy the same way you catch a whiff of that brownie or that bacon you can catch a whiff of someone being negative angry or they're really sad or they're stressed out you could just be walking and talking to somebody just like with that smelling that bacon all of a sudden you're like "Uh oh <laughs> it's about to go down i don't even know if i want to start this conversation i can feel and the person could be like literally with their back turned to you and you not see anything you just pick it up you pick it up it's a sixth sense right or the same way that you could just be walking or talking and, and the phone rings and you get a whiff of oh no oh no what happened oh no what happened the same way that you smell them brownies of like it interrupts you because you can sense there's a smell of brownies in the air you can sense even if the phone rings but you can feel this is bad news coming oh no that is your sixth sense and that's your ability to pick up on energy your sense of energy so every ferrari out there needs energy and also needs that like the fuel meter to tell you how much you've got going you need the same thing that's going to pick up on what kind of energy is around now for more you know, spiritually woke people, they say like, oh, they pick up on vibes, right? Or, you you know, don't kill my vibe or positive energy, negative energy, all that kinds of stuff. But yeah. I wanted to break it down, Barney. I wanted to break it down, Barney style for everyone. It's like, what is this energy stuff? You need to know what is going to affect the actions that you want to take or the actions that other people are about to take, because you have the ability to tell how good it's going to be. Right. You had the same way you have that sense of smell. You could pick up a whiff coming through and be like, okay, that's what's going on. Like you, you, you smelled that coming the same thing with your energy of, all right, am I going to have enough bandwidth to be able to make this launch happen on my own? I'm getting a vibe. That's a hell no. <laughs> right. Or, or am I about to have an awesome rocking meeting with this potential buyer? I'm getting a whiff of, mm, yeah all right i could like it's like you could smell the money coming or like this is they are so ready for this let's go everyone has that ability it's just a matter of opening up the, uh, this is like a conversation and normalizing it amen i love that and it's so weird that you say that because like that, that's like one thing that i get all the time they're like pam your energy i was like Oh, that's, that's awesome. Yes. And it's like, I've always had the sixth sense in my life that I can sense right away when I can read a person the second that I interact with them within 10 seconds, I can read your entire aura. And it's weird because I can't see the colors. I can just like feel it. You can just feel it inside. It's so, so 
weird. And then like people say that this is woo woo stuff. And I'm like, this is not woo woo stuff. This is real. This is science. And look up quantum physics. Go look up all quantum physics. Go look up epigenetics. Go look up Dr. Bruce Lipton and Dr. Joe DeCenza, I think. Yeah. And like so many more that are talking about energy. A hundred percent. Oh, real. Like, what do you mean? So it's like, what I love is that you're taking this and you're bringing it into the business world where it, where it is so needed because almost a lot of people would say this. It's like, okay, so why bring this into the business world, right? It seems counterintuitive to do less because it will create more. People don't get it. I'm like, guys, the best things come to you when your gas tank is full, right? I have to, I have been more successful working the way that I have compared to how hard I worked like five years ago where I was working like a hundred hour weeks. I was nowhere as successful as to where I am now because I've taken the time for breaks. Like weekends are like my thing. Maybe if I do like content creation or stuff like that, or like if there's certain things like an offer has to get sent or whatever, then okay. But before it was like grind every single day, every single day. And it's like, just, it's not as productive weirdly enough. So I can say that, that it's like slowing down has actually like propelled me further which is weird in your opinion, Sensei, what would you say would be why intertwine the two when people say, oh, that's counterintuitive. Like you're supposed to work more to make more. How do you combat those people? Like, why do I need this in the workplace? You know, because they pay attention a lot to mind and body, but they don't pay attention to spirit. This is huge. And here's what I would say. Don't believe me, believe the numbers. Okay, don't believe me, believe the numbers. I mean, I'm going to reference some studies now. But for all of y'all listening to the Underdog Podcast, Pamela makes a lot of money and she's doing less and making more. So like, I'm going to cite you as the first study (laughs) (laughs) as well as so many of your podcast guests. They've been sharing of like, things just got simpler over time. Or I realized, you know, I just need to be grateful. And we started making more money. Huh? All right. First things first, underdog podcasts, including the podcast hostess herself, are examples of, yeah, your energy matters. Yeah, this is not woo-woo. This is actually, woo-hoo, more money. (laughs) Yep, yep, amen, amen. Yeah, and so like studies have shown that regular meditation in the workplace has increased employee productivity by 120 percent on average in fact they did studies to check profits the effect of meditation done in the workplace on a regular basis on the profits and Mm -hmm. this study in particular showed that it was a 520 percent increase that's 5.2 times when the company started meditating regularly, like they implemented a regular, their profits went up 5.2 times, 520% increase. There's an 85% decrease in absenteeism has been shown in studies when meditation is happening regularly, right? There's about a 60% improvement in the ability to focus and follow through on tasks for employees. Like literally, if you don't believe me, just go ahead, anyone listening in, type 
meditation in the workplace statistics in Google fact check me because I'm literally reading in another screen, right? Well, like, okay, you, you think I'm lying. You think I'm lying. We have this the same access to all this information. I've seen that with myself. Like I've been able to quadruple my business once I started just as a standard operating procedure of I will meditate strategically during times when I know my gas tank is about to go lower. I'm going to get out ahead of that and I'm going to fill it up. I'm just going to top it up. Just going to top it up. Like I can feel it the same way if you're going on like a long haul drive. So I'm here in New Jersey, right? If I was to go to drive up and visit you up there in Boston area, Massachusetts, that depending on how we're doing, could be anywhere from, if you're being fancy, a four hour because you're just not peeing and driving at a hundred miles an hour, like my brother does all the time. Or it could be like a seven or eight hour because, oh my God, the traffic coming through Connecticut and, and New York and oh my God, and Cambridge alone could be like you sitting in the, like just trying to. So if I went and just, never filled my gas tank. I don't know if I'd be able to make it to you, Pam. I don't know if I'd be able to make it to you, Mm. right? Whereas if I thought, okay, I'm driving, I know I'm gonna have to pee every so often, so let me make sure I strategically go to a rest stop, a rest stop to top up the gas tank if it's getting low, because I know I'm getting closer to where the traffic's gonna be, right? Or I know I need some extra protein or something so I can stay focused. Why is it? that I'm okay treating myself like that when I'm not at work. Why is it that when it's about going and driving on my own time to go and visit an awesome girlfriend like you, that I'm like, oh, I have permission to take care of myself, to fill my tank, it's literally and figuratively, but oh, in the office, no, you're on the clock. You're on the clock, girl. Keep going, go and go, go, go. You'll sleep when you're dead. And my response to that is, yep, just like my maternal grandfather. He's mm-hmm. sleeping now. He's mm-hmm. sleeping with the angels, right? So if if that's what somebody wants their story to be, yeah, you could go that route or 520% increase in profits. I'm all right with that. I'm okay with that. I'm okay to like get paid to meditate in the workplace. That's fine by me. I don't know about y'all, but just like I thought I'd share some statistics. Crazy. Because like I said, people will say it's counterintuitive, right? Like if they're not open to it. Oh, it's counterintuitive. Why? That's, you know, you're working less. So how would you make more? numbers don't lie my friend don't numbers don't lie and like for you like what would be like somebody listening is like okay like what's the first step in doing you know and in, in like stepping in this direction and going in the right direction like what are like the first steps to take into bettering your life through meditation you know especially if you're an entrepreneur who's like go 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 all the time that kind of thing well for one i would highly recommend that you get into a meditation environment or listen to someone who talks about meditation who also understands what it is to be an entrepreneur because there's a lot of broke as meditation teachers out there or people who 
never in a million years know what it's like to be an entrepreneur who are happy to say like, yeah, be here now. Just stop everything. Don't take a shower for like a week and be silent and shut down and all of the like, okay, I'm a, I'm an entrepreneur. Sometimes I haven't taken a shower in a week because I'm working that hard. I'm not like asleep on a mountain humming in the middle of the Himalayas, bruh. I'm not <laughs> I'm like, so get around people who have more of your spirit, who have more of that passionate, higher energy spirit, and who are also positive and into meditation, right? So the types of meditation classes that I lead are meditation masterminds. Like I take the mastermind concept of what is a mastermind? This is where a group of people come together to create another mind right because we can solve bigger problems together as a community that's what a mastermind is so meditation facilitates that so as you're topping up your gas tank and it's increasing your ability to focus right you can imagine the gas that you're putting in is like how much focus do i have for example right and that's the energy that you're able to burn when you put the two together of like you are being filled your gas tank is full and you're surrounded by high vibe positive juiced up entrepreneurs just like you who are like my tank is full and this engine is humming all right what are we gonna do what, what are we gonna do that's the type of environment that i would highly recommend you start researching and getting into that's what we provide at my company where i i want to be clear i'm not the only person on the planet i may be the best <laughs> <laughs> right but uh, energy is everything how you feel matters the same way that you could pick up a whiff of this person is actually like just you know trying to scrape by and that's that's how they're doing energy work right that like that kind of a thing or that's the type of meditation teacher like i don't know if i want to be around that versus you could pick up a whiff of okay this person's high energy they're doing well they're leveraging and growing they're out doing podcasts hello right out there public speaking and everything like that huh i want to get around that like that's the type of gas station i want to fill up my tank at i don't want to go to like you know the one on the corner where the guy's got sawdust in there and it, like there's no bathroom or if there is there's no lock where no, no 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 like we want the the really nice premium place to fill your gas tank and so that's that's what i would say if someone wants to get started on that I mean, I, I put on regular meditation masterminds for entrepreneurs. And I mean, if you're open to it, I'd be, I'd be happy to share a special yeah. for everyone to make it really easy for them to get started with us. Yeah, I would love that. Let us know, Sensei. What's the first step? How do we get more of you? Yay! Absolutely. So here's how. Join me on Zoom for a guided meditation, right? Or you could call in on the phone, et cetera. It's Zoom, whatever works best for you. Just don't do it while you're driving unless you're being driven is all that I ask. Don't drive and meditate. Friends don't let friends drive and meditate, right? You know, unless it's in Atlanta where you already, like you said, they have like, they have the drive-through like alcohol. Oh my God. But anyway. That was something when I was on tour, when I was doing like my world tour, uh, leading meditations all around the world, Atlanta was one of those times when my girl was like, yo, you gotta see this, let's do the drive-through, we got bombed. But anyway, 
But yeah, how you can get started um, with yours truly is come to victoriawhitfield.com forward slash meditate. And you'll see when the next live meditations are that meeting on Zoom. And you want to come live because that's where the real energy is. The juice is coming live. And if you put in there the word podcast, when you go in, it'll give you a 100% discount as a thank you for coming through Pam's podcast, right? So that you get to sample it. Takes no stress, no nothing off of your plate in order to show up other than your commitment to be present, which is plenty, right? So this is not about the money thing, right? I make my bread and butter elsewhere, so I don't need to worry about whether, do I have enough meditation class tests? Nah, I'm good. I'm straight. This is actually not, <laughs> this is not what pays me, but this is in service of you and your listeners and for everyone that you may even want to recommend to go to victoriawhitfield.com forward slash meditate. And when you use the word podcast, you can get 100% discount for your first visit. So you could come meditate and sample what it's like to be with someone leading a, a high energy meditation, one that really fills your tank. And it's not a YouTube. I'm not new YouTube. I'm not Netflix. I'm not Amazon Prime. Like this is live, baby. And you deserve the best. You're so amazing. Thank you so much, Sensei Victoria. You're so awesome. And like, I have to ask you with all your wisdom and amazingness and ball of beautiful energy, what would be the biggest piece of advice that your older self would tell your younger self based on what you know now? I believe I wanted you to hit us with the greatness. So <laughs> I love this. So what my older self uh, would tell my younger self and so I'm going to go to a very tender point in my life. When I was eight years old, I witnessed an, uh, a violent accident that ended my parents' marriage. And when I witnessed that, it caused me to forget all of the eight years preceding. So I had amnesia. It was like, it was such a shock to see that it was an accident too, but that was what ended my parents' marriage. Knowing what I know now, I would come to her and tell her that, baby, don't worry. What you think you lost you're going to get times 10. Mm. What you think you lost, you're going to get times 10. All of the love, the adventure, the, the self-worth, right? The permission to go out and be an adventurer, like, like the wonderful, beautiful, pure little kid you were. Please know that what you think you lost, no, actually it just got times 10 coming back to you. You never lose anything in spiritual truth. Mm. Okay. Amen. Amen, Sensei Victoria. Oh my God, you're so outstanding and out of this world. I'm so honored to have you here today. And just one more time, if you could drop where everyone can find you. I know you mentioned your website for the free meditation, but anywhere else that we can find you and connect with you. Oh my gosh. So I think a great place is for everyone to come over to the Journeypreneur podcast and listen to your episode. Oh my gosh, launching. And so like that, you can find me, whether it's on iTunes or Podbean for Android users is the Journeypreneur podcast. Lots of incredible stories from entrepreneurs who are just given that the nuggets of wisdom for you to stay on the journey. Don't give up your dream. And uh, the only other place I say you might want to come find me is on Facebook. Book, drop in there, Sensei Victoria Whitfield. And I go live a 
ton. So if you like me, or and if you like Pamela, all these like wonderful positive vibes, hit me up on Facebook. And holy cow, like I've been generating content multiple times a week for the last 11 years straight. You will not starve for content. <laughs> so amazing sensei victoria it's such an honor to have you here today thank you so so much the only dream that i've been chasing is my own so that's it for today's episode of underdog head on over to itunes and subscribe to the show one lucky listener every single week that posts a review on itunes will win a chance in the grand prize drawing to win a private vip day with pamela herself in boston massachusetts be sure to go to theunderdogshow.com and pick up a copy of Pamela's free gift and join us on the next episode. Oh.